Welcome to Confessions from the Sidelines. I'm your host, Sarah L. Coward. If you or your student athlete is looking to take their athletic game to the next level, you're in the right place. We will be taking a behind the scenes look into college athletics and what it takes to make it at the next level. I can't wait for you to hear from coaches, student athletes, and sports professionals as they share their tips and tricks they've learned along the way. Today, I'm chatting with my friend, Andrew East. You may know Andrew from his YouTube channel that he has with his wife, Sean Johnson, and he was a former NFL athlete. Not to mention, he played at Vanderbilt where he received his bachelor's in engineering as well as his master's in business, all while being a two-time captain for the football team. His podcast titled Redirected focuses on those who, like him, have had interesting career pivots. The experience he has gained through his time in the digital space has led to coaching and consultation on behalf of Google for Fortune 500 companies for how to create engaging content. Now it's time for kickoff. Andrew, it is so nice to have you here on the show. Sarah, thanks so much for having me. I'm honored. We are so glad that you're here. You know, your story of becoming a college athlete and even playing the NFL is something that I think all of the parents that I work with as student athletes, like want to hear and like need to hear because it wasn't an easy one. Yeah, it was wild. Uh, I look back on it and I I laugh. I'm glad it panned out the way it did. But uh, so I was dead set. The only goal that I had was to play division one sports, division one football. And, you know, my dad played uh, division one at Purdue and then me and my brothers were all, you know, competitive in football. And um, I was just, that's what I wanted to make happen. And as parents or students listening know who might be, you know, pursuing the same path, there's a signing day that happens when you're in college that, you know, you're declaring where you're going to go. And it's usually in football, it's in February. Uh, I know it's different for every sport, but anyway, signing day came and went and I didn't have any offers, zero, which I was really bummed out about. Cause you know, I had spent the previous two, three years going to every college uh, camp that I could. I emailed, literally I emailed every special teams coach in the division one uh, realm, which is like a hundred and however many. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, I was bummed out because I had devoted my life to date to, to football and I felt like I had failed. And um well the funny thing is I say I didn't have any offers, but actually Princeton. <laughs> Prince Princeton wanted me to come play football there. And I didn't want to go because I didn't really view it as D1, right? So it was like yeah. this weird pride thing for me. So they actually sent me an acceptance letter like, hey, like congratulations on getting to Princeton. But they also sent me when I told them I wasn't going to go to Princeton, a rejection letter. Uh, saying like, yeah, I, well, I think they were doing it for the stats of, you know, like, Hey, we only let in one of uh, every hundred applicants or whatever it is. Um, anyway, so I get a call in April of my senior year. So this is even past when normal students would have decided where to go to school, uh, who, who weren't playing sports. And it was the head coach of Vanderbilt. And he said that he had a, uh, a scholarship spot open up for me. And I was like, dang, whoa, what? Like, here I am. I was about to go play division three, uh, with my brother. And I was, you know, I hadn't committed to that, but that was kind of the plan. I said, how did the scholarship spot open up? I know you guys, you know, had filled all your positions. And he said, well, we had a running back who was out of Atlanta, Georgia. His name is Rajon Bennett. He was like the best recruit Vanderbilt had ever signed. And he had a handicapped little brother. 
and his mom's boyfriend broke in the house at, like middle of the night and started shooting around. Mm. And Rajan, to protect his little brother, dove in front of a bullet and uh, died. And so it was like this wild, you know, dichotomy of emotions that I was feeling where on the one hand, it was like, oh my gosh, this is my dream that I've been like stressed about, you know, white, I've, I've been just hanging on to this dream for so long. I'm so excited that here it is, it's going to happen. But on the other hand, it's, it happened under such tra- tragic circumstances and like, you know, this Rajan died and that's how I'm, you know, that's how I'm walking in this situation. So I, I came in uh, to the locker room as a freshman, um, didn't know anybody because I'd never been on any recruiting trips. And uh, that, that began my wild ride of college athletics. So, yeah. Wow. And I think, you know, how did you go about like just handling that? Like that seemed like a lot of pressure because like you had to make that decision to accept that scholarship. Yeah. Um, well, I, I had talked with the coach about it. Bobby Johnson was a head coach of Vanderbilt at the time. And um, I was definitely like, you know, curious about what, that would look like like is this the right decision for me to commit it, like you know i know there's a lot of things teams could do like reserve a college like a scholarship and his honor things like this and uh anyway the coach was like no we we actually you know think that you're the right guy to fill the shoes and i mean i was honestly honored if you google rajon bennett uh essay like he this guy was like a just a outstanding leader and um i guess they they thought that to some degree I could fill those shoes, which um, I hope that I did him justice in some sense that I don't think I am half the man that Rajon was, but yeah, it was, it was wild. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that we all kind of go through that major decision making process of like, what's Mm going to be that step. And, you know, you were at that pivotal point of, I'm just going to play D3. Like you had made that decision and then here you are handed this opportunity. Yeah. And like you had, and like, that's where you went. Okay. Now, now I got to step it up. Now I got to kind of make this transition. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's so funny. I, I think my decision-making was so clouded by the fact that I was obsessed with this goal of just like division one. Like it didn't matter. I was a decent st- student in high school. Um, and I would have gone to like, whatever the worst academic school out there. If it was just me playing D one football, like, I should, I probably should have gone to Princeton, right? Academically, <laughs> that would have been the, the, the better choice, but I don't know. Yeah. Dude, such as high school, you know? Right. And, and I think that's where, you know, parents a lot of times struggle with helping their kids make those decisions. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like where you were, but in the end, like it, it was actually the best decision for you. It's how like all the cards fail. It's just in the right place. But when you got there, <laughs> it still wasn't easy. Right. And yeah, I, I think if I was going to talk to someone who had a, uh, a a kid going through this process, just understanding that you can make the best of a lot of different situations. Like, you know, it's almost like choosing who you're going to marry. It's, it's like, there's probably not the right choice, but there's, you know, probably maybe 15 people that you can make the best of the situation with. It's just like, how do you approach it? What's your attitude towards it? Like, are you going to put your best foot forward and, and, and engage and invest in your teammates and, and the program? Like, you know, it's don't stress out about making the right choice. And, and, uh, it's, it's more about how you approach whatever situation you're given. Um, but yeah, when I, when I got to Vandy, so, oh my gosh, I had to, we reported early as, as freshmen and like seven days after I showed up, Sarah, 
the head coach retires. We're talking like, <laughs> like a couple weeks before we start August camp, which this never happens at this level. Like the, the head coach usually retires in December or January. The head coach says, peace, I'm out. And so then it shifted. Like already I was thrown into this unknown situation and that's stressful. Like being a freshman in college is overwhelming. And then it's like, there's all this change happening where the people I did knew, know had left. And um, I was thrown in a situation where I was traveling with the football team. I was like the backup long snapper. And so they needed me to tag along just in case anything happened. I tore my hamstring oh my gosh. second week of practice. And so then I just, you know, I already felt lesser than because I was the last signee. And then I tear my hamstring and then I felt lesser than because of my position. I was a long snapper. And then I felt lesser than because, uh, you know, I, like there's so many things that had gone wrong and I didn't get along with the, with the replacement coach. We laugh about it now. I know him well now. His name is Robbie Caldwell. He's at Clemson. Yeah. Anyway, he like, he would come up to me in practice and talk about how I was failing all these classes, which I was, I was in, I was in civil, civil engineering trying to get that degree. And I, I was in chemistry, calculus, and physics were three of my four classes. In your first semester. And I, yes. And I legitimately failed. I got an F on calculus and, and chemistry. And so I wasn't like, I, w I wasn't contributing on the football field and I wasn't excelling uh, in the, in the academic realm. And I was ready to leave Van like, Oh my gosh. Oh, sweet. I get to play D one. And then it was a nightmare my first semester. So I'm glad I made it through that, but it was wild. So how did you make it through that? Because it like it sounds like everything was coming at you from all different directions. And here you were an 18-year-old kid far away from home trying yeah. to like navigate all this stuff. Yeah. Well, the first thing is I uh, sought out help, right? Like there, are, there really are for college athletes a lot of resources. I think um, there's so much going on in that phase of life, though, that it's hard to appreciate what resources you do have. And then, and then once you actually realize what you have to, to use those resources. And, um, so I think that was the number one thing was I was like, okay, I got to sit down with my counselor. I got to talk with like a mentor who have been like a, a student who has been through this and like, what can I recuperate my grades after failing two classes, just like get advice, meet with people. And then I think like having a solid community of people around you as well, um, you know, in any realm of life, there's going to be people who are positive influences and negative influences. And I think I shifted from like trying to fit in to the football realm to actually just like, Hey, these, this is a group of people that does their homework, that works hard in the weight room, that gets all these things done. I'm going to spend time with them as opposed to trying to like fit in to whatever crowd that I'm, I'm trying to do, which you know, it's a long-term play because if you are ultimately accomplishing all the things and successful and, and the weight room, et cetera, like you're going to be the cool guy, but there's no, and there's no, sh you know, shortcuts to, to doing that anyway. Um, and then I think, uh, the, the, the third thing that I did was like, just stuck to it and persevered, uh, to whatever degree I could was, you know, I really wanted to change majors. I really wanted to transfer schools, but, Anyway, I decided like, okay, let me just give this one more semester and uh, see how it goes. And you're just able to kind of get your footing a little more, understand uh, how the, the new world works in college and, and what classes look like. So I think those, those are kind of the, the things that helped me make it through that phase.
we are interrupting today's episode to take a minute to thank our sponsor, CB Supplements. CB Supplements is a multi-collagen protein powder, meaning it contains all five types of collagen from four animal sources. Not to mention, it's the first and only multi-collagen protein powder NSF certified for sport and supported by Dr. Kate. One thing I love about CB Supplements is that it comes in unflavored and three delicious flavors, chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry lemonade. You won't find a cleaner multi-collagen supplement out there. Head over to cbsupplements.com and grab yours today. Be sure to enter the code Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at checkout for $5 off. So knowing that like those are the things, like what would you have done differently? Like as a freshman, if you know, like if you would give some advice yeah. right now to, cause like, I mean, students are heading into school, like they're starting, some of them are starting their freshman year. Some of them are like getting ready for their senior year. Like what would you have done differently or like give the advice for these kids that are going through this? Yeah. Oh uh, man. Well, I, if I was going to tell myself before I started classes, like my first class that I took that summer. Um, I think just like take a deep breath and realize that there's a ton of change going on. Like everything looks different. You're in a new situation. You have new people around you. There's a new team. Like there's the the face of everything looks way different, but what you're actually doing isn't that much different. So like take um, confidence in that. I think I also would have uh, recommended me, you know, spare that first three months of failure and jump to seeking help earlier. Uh, which is why I love what you're doing with Styline Confession, Sarah, because I think it's it's such a unique uh, thing to be a college athlete. And there's so many demands. There's there's so many moving parts. And for someone who has a, a removed perspective like you do and, you know, ha- knows the system well, knows how things work well, wh- I mean, how much wisdom can you provide? It's it's amazing. And it gets me pumped up for for people who do work with you. So yeah. I think that would be the second thing. And then yeah, I, just reiterating the the value of perseverance, which I don't know your thoughts on the transfer portal, but it kind of bums me out, uh, you know, with the just the, the freedom to move schools kind of whenever you choose. I, I feel like kind of undermines a lot of the benefits of uh, college sports where like if I would have jumped ship that that first semester, I would have missed out on like a lot of character building, a lot of lessons learned. Um, so I think just perseverance. Yeah. Just reiterating perseverance. Yeah. I totally agree because, you know, it it takes a lot to persevere through all of the things that are happening. And, you know, I mean, there was a coaching change, like it was a last minute decision. Like you could have easily just said, look, I'm done. But in the end, it was actually the best thing for you to stick around. Like life kept getting a little better and better (laughs) as you were at Vanderbilt. And then like you leave Vanderbilt and now the NFL is kind of on the horizon for you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good, every semester I spent at Vanderbilt, I enjoyed more and more. And by the time I left there, I was like, just so thankful that things panned out the way they did. And um, so I'm, I'm super fortunate in that sense. And it fast forward to my senior, my last semester there, I had the ability to uh, graduate early, which again is another perk of being a, a, at least college football player, a lot of times they'll bring you in for summer and you can get ahead on classes. So I graduated undergrad in three years after failing all these classes, <laughs> got my master's degree uh, in, at the business school. I got my MBA, all under scholarship. 
which is wild. Uh, was a two-time captain, played in the most games of anybody who had ever played at Vanderbilt. And that was because we went to all these bowl games. And I think we have the winningest record Like while, while I was there. I, I'm saying this not because I did not contribute to the win, Sarah. <laughs> I was a long snapper. So I want to make that clear. Um, a long anyway. snapper is very important. Oh, as I used to work um, with our special teams at yeah. University of South Alabama, I know they are very important. Yes. Go, go Jags. Is that That's right? It. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I was, a uh, yeah, I was, I ended up being the, um, I was like the number one rated recruit out of, of college at my position, which again, long snapper, like that doesn't really mean that much, but, uh, I got picked up by the Kansas city chiefs in free agency. And it was almost like my college recruiting process replicated itself in my, my pro career, because I had to like, again, here I am faced with a great opportunity with the chiefs, just like I was at Vandy. And I went through a ton of, of turmoil there and ultimately had to like, you know, just grind it out until uh, something good happened. So yeah, it, it was fun. Yeah. Now, but you didn't end up playing for the Chiefs for very long, right? Uh, yeah, no, no. I got, I signed a four-year contract. I was like, sweet, I'm going to be playing for the Kansas City Chiefs for the next 15 years. I would have won a Super Bowl, Sarah. Gosh <laughs> right. dang it. Right. Uh, but I played for him for three months and blew my entire signing bonus on my wife's uh, engagement ring because I didn't know how <laughs> money worked, really. Anyway, that's a side story. Uh, I ultimately by the time it's all said and done, spent five years bouncing in and out of the league. I think I signed eight contracts with nine different professional teams. I made a debut in the uh, AAF. I don't know if you remember that no. brief uh, sunset that was uh, an <laughs> ulterior uh, professional league to the NFL. Yeah. It was like the Alliance of American Football. I don't yeah. I didn't know that you like made a like a little stint in there though. Yeah, I did. I did. Wow. It was wild. Uh, there's tons of stories from that. But anyway, I ended up playing. I ended up finally playing in my first regular season game with the uh, Washington football team in December 2018. And uh, again, I look back on that, just getting signed, getting cut, getting signed, getting cut over and over and over again. Uh, and I wouldn't change a single thing because there's, again, so many lessons to be learned by that. And that's how it ultimately that led to what we're doing now which yeah. is more fun than than how right. i view football so yeah yeah because now like that led you guys you and sean to really start being able to share your life through yeah. social media and the platforms that are out there yeah so for those listening that that uh i will brag on my wife she's <laughs> yes, please. way better athlete than i am um <laughs> olympic gold medalist sean johnson and she's an absolute beast. She's awesome. <laughs> and I don't know why she married me, to be honest. But, um, she, you know, here I was. I got released by the Chiefs, and I spent like three months just with zero confidence of an ability to do anything else besides play football. And so we started a YouTube channel because um, Sean was getting to go do a, a bunch of cool things, like red carpets and whatever. And uh, I had briefly filmed one of the tryouts that I had with uh, the Saints after I got cut. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe I can record this content and be an interesting thing to document. And sure enough, you know, fa fast forward five years and we documented our whole wedding planning process, our, our wedding, our, you know, 
freaking everything. Me getting yeah. signed and cut by a bunch of teams and all these events that we've been through. And now we're, you know, doing the, the family stuff and, and loving it. So, yeah. Which is so amazing. And I think, you know, a lot of times people don't understand the power of social media. And right now our student athletes are actually being pushed into that. You know, this whole mm. last year, there weren't really any on-campus visits. Like it was a dead period for most of the year. Yeah. And like, students were trying to figure out how do they use social media to really show coaches, like, here's what I got. I'm ready to like move and be a part of your team. And that's something that you were doing as you were filming your tryout video and really thinking, what can I do? And now you guys are doing this full time. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think social media can be such a powerful tool. I mean, I know it has a bad rap because a lot of people waste time on it. A lot of people destroy their reputations on it, but if you use it correctly, and I think I would debate the way it, sh it should be used, um, then you can really like amplify your voice, amplify your reach, and then build a positive association with your name and your brand, whatever that is. So I I'd, I'd think, um, you know, it's tough to do like, it's tough to kind of have the self-discipline as, as a high school athlete to not whatever, like post random stuff that might not help uh, when college coaches come across it. But I think if you, if you are wise in it, and again, you know, maybe get some consulting on it, uh, then you can really make a positive impact on what your college experience looks like and how you interact with college coaches. Yeah, I know. And I think that's like the beauty of it now is that it's, it is a doorway for our students to really connect with coaches and really kind of see like, are they the right fit when they're going through yeah. this? Because it's, there's so much that has to go through the process of, you know, visiting campuses, seeing, having the conversations with coaches. And, and I always say mm -hmm. it goes beyond just the coach. Like yeah. there are so many factors that you're going to experience. And you really alluded to that about having an academic counselor on campus, having the resources. And yeah. that is something that like you need to know about and interact with. Yeah. I, um, if I could quick, give a quick analogy, the, yeah, the way that I was able to kind of do better in college classes was legitimately as simple as reading the syllabus that was given in the course. Yes. And it, and it helped because it kind of cre helped create this like trajectory or framework for what was going to happen. And like, uh, it gives you a, a bigger picture for things. And I think doing a similar thing of like getting some type of syllabus or reference point for how many resources are available to you, mm -hmm. And actually understanding how you can use that is a, a really helpful thing to do. And having someone like yourself, Sarah, to, to help along in that process can be immensely valuable. Yeah. And I will say, thank you so much for talking about reading the syllabus, because that is the yeah. number one thing that I talk with students on about, like, you need to sit down the first week of class yeah. and read through the entire syllabus, because you need to have an idea of what is going to take yeah. place over the next 16 weeks. Otherwise, you're just like walking in the dark. Like literally, it was a stu it was it's like a two-page document that can make the world a difference. Yes, uh, that's so 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 true. Um, so, yeah. Andrew, as you think about like all the times that you have been standing on the sidelines now, because the podcast is called Confessions on the Sidelines, I want to know what is your favorite memory from standing on the sidelines? Oh man. Well, I don't know if we have any UT fans out there, but there's a memory I have of being at uh, 
Neyland Stadium and, and the fans being upset that the Vanderbilt Commodores were beating them and they were throwing full water bottles at the players. But that's not that's not the best memory by any means. Um, I think, man, there was a couple times I, I'm, Vanderbilt went down to play the Florida Gators and we beat them at their home stadium for the first time in like 30 years or whatever. Yeah. And I remember uh, the excitement of when we – we, we weren't winning at this time or point in the game, but uh, when we started to get a little momentum and it was me and like three other guys just like standing on the bench, just screaming at the top of our lungs, like turning each other and laughing just because it was like such an incredible experience to, you know, you're standing in front of 70,000 people or however big that stadium is. And it, I felt like that was the time that I most was able to appreciate, uh, like almost mm-hmm. from a third party's perspective that this is this is how I dreamed division one sports would go. Like just you're there with your friends, you're having a good time. You're in a competitive you know, arena at the highest level. And um, yeah, I, I, that was, that was a really special moment. Oh man. I can like, I can just imagine it all happening down in the swamp. Here you yeah. guys are like, I can see that with you. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah. So where can everybody find you if they want to head and hang out with you guys on social media? Well, I direct them again. My wife is way cooler. So she's Sean Johnson on any platform. My handle is Andrew D East everywhere. And then we're the East fam on YouTube. We also have a podcast called couple things that you can check out. Yeah. And we'll be sure to include all of those links in the show notes. So everybody can go and check out what you guys have going on. Yeah. Sarah, I got to say, I'm super impressed with what you built here. I think there's a ton of, uh, value that you're providing. I'm, I'm thankful that someone like you provides a service. So also, just honored that you had me, you know, on the show. Along, I know you're getting Bob Goff, Mark Rick, all these uh, heavy hitters. So I appreciate you thinking of me for this. Well, we appreciate you being here and sharing so many great nuggets with our guests. What a great conversation that was with Andrew. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Be sure to share this episode with your favorite student athlete. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting platform. So you will never miss an episode. And until next time. I will be cheering you on from the sidelines.